Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Entrepreneurship and Human Behavior podcast. I'm here with Gabrielle Denman, and we're going to continue to talk about developing observing awareness. In the last episode, we talked about being a conscious business owner, about the parts that make up our personality, and those parts make choices for us. So it's really important to be very aware of these parts. And these parts are called subpersonalities. And if we're unconscious, meaning we're unaware, these parts, these subpersonalities make business choices or choices about any area of life without us being aware of it, which means you're being a robot. When we work to be conscious, we work to be very aware of the different parts of our personality, the different subpersonalities that make up the personality, their different beliefs, their emotions and all the choices that they make. And as soon as we do that, we start to develop self-mastery. We start to be able to take control of our choice-making mechanisms. We can end patterns that have controlled us for years without us even seeing it. It's a brilliant thing to do. And uh, Gab and myself have spent many, many years doing this work, and we can attest to many, many benefits, and our clients will agree with that. So we're going to get into working or talking about developing observing awareness and observing awareness gives us the ability to see what's happening within us on a moment to moment basis people aren't taught to develop observing awareness and therefore most people we place our attention is where our awareness goes most people have their awareness outside themselves, out into the world, looking at what's happening, listening to others. Their awareness has not been trained to be internalized so that they can see what's going on within them on a moment-to-moment basis. Gab, do you have anything to say about that or have you got another way of explaining that so that the listeners can understand? I was just thinking about what you were saying, Perry, and I was thinking about listeners that might come into this podcast and have never experienced uh, what we're talking about or this kind of work. And they might, the listeners that have come onto this that don't have an experience of this work would be kind of going, well, what the hell are you talking about? Like there's very little to grasp onto with a, a logical understanding, I guess, of observing awareness without actually having an experience of it. So when I'm working with new people or our groups and whatnot, I always make a point of uh, explaining what observing awareness actually is because you, you know as well as I do, if anyone's coming to this podcast and they've never uh, done this work before, they're walking around and they've got these thoughts in their mind and they've got no idea that there's actually parts to their personality and they've got no idea. They just see themselves as a whole, like, before doing this work, I'd be walking around saying, like, I'm Gab, I, I, I don't have parts to me. I've just got all these thoughts going around. I've got all these feelings and no idea of what actually awareness is. So in, in my opinion, it's always really helpful to start with an example. And I'll give one that I remember from, you know, five years ago or something when I first heard you and you said, just imagine that you wake up in the morning and you've got one, you know, one part of you and imagine it sitting on one of your shoulders And that part of you is like a a, a lazy part or a being part and it's saying, oh, I just want to lay in bed, you know, for an extra 15 minutes. And you've got thoughts in your head of, I just want to stay in bed. I just want to hit the snooze button 10 times. 
I just, for me, it's like, oh, I want to sit here and look at nature out of the window. I don't really want to do anything. So you've got this one part that is calling on your attention. And then on the other side, on the other shoulder, you've got another part that's kind of saying, oh, you know, Gab, you've got three clients today. You've got a meeting and you've got to record a podcast. Plus, you've got to pick up the kids at 2.30. You've got a kinesiology appointment. You need to get out of bed right now. Uh, And that part would be what you call a high achiever part. And that's also, you've got those thoughts in your head. Now, coming into this podcast, if you don't have any observing awareness, you would just have that experience in the morning and you would just think that you've got these conflicting thoughts and one of them would win. And, you know, that's where the robotic consciousness come in because one part's going to win over the other. And uh, there's no there's no empowerment or there's no decision to be made. The decision is getting made for you. So what we're talking about here with, with observing awareness and parts of your personality is that when you can bring in an, an observing awareness into your being, you're basically identifying the thoughts and the thought processes. You're able to see them as separate parts of yourself and then you're able to make a decision through identifying those parts. That's essentially how I explain uh, observing awareness every time. Otherwise, you're just going around making decisions, not really knowing what your thoughts are or why they're there or how they got to be there. It's a perfect example, Gab. Very interesting because, you know, that's a a foundational practice. And I love that you said that when you first started working with me, that's how you really started to understand what observing awareness meant. So just to dig into that a little bit deeper and, and those two parts, by being able to internalize your awareness in the morning, you could easily see that you had this part of you that just wanted to lie in bed and just wanted to relax. And that's the being part. And that part of you would feel lazy. It would feel like it just wanted to relax and and, and sleep in to get more energy. By internalizing your awareness and taking notice of that part and then actually bringing another part, it's actually the executive function part of the brain. Once you observe it, you can start to analyze it. So awareness precedes analyzing. So you take your awareness to that part and then the analyzer can go, oh, that part of me feels lazy. It's saying things like, oh, I'm just going to lie in. That part of me saying things like, you know, these other things don't matter. At the same time, you can feel the other part the achiever part, the pusher part, the driver part, going, come on, you've got to get up. You, you need to get these things done. And you can feel it. And it's probably quite masculine where the, where the being part's more feminine, more relaxed. But this other part pushes you. So again, by observing it first, by bringing your awareness inside and seeing that part, and then bringing your analyzing analyzer to it, meaning that you're using your logic to go, ah, look at that part. That part feels harder. It's more pushy. It, it's got more drive. It's got more oomph. It actually doesn't like this lazy part. It thinks that if I follow this lazy part, I'll never get anything done. And through that awareness and the ability to analyze what you're aware of within your own consciousness, as you quite rightly said, you're now, now free of robotic consciousness. Yes. You're actually able to go, well, these two parts, they've got sort of polar opposite desires. Which one should I follow? Yes. You can't do that until you can be aware of those parts and apply your logical awareness to them. I might just butt in here, Perry, because you just mentioned robotic consciousness again. And I think 
maybe I'll just give an example of uh, what the robotic consciousness actually is because, you know, as I was saying with the observing awareness, without understanding these parts, you're basically making decisions day to day in a cloud of thoughts and feelings without actually knowing why you're making those decisions or even that you actually have that choice. So the, ro the robotic consciousness basically comes about, so if we keep the example of the lazy part and the high achiever part, the, the robotic consciousness comes about because one of those parts is going to win. So every day you might wake up and have both the lazy and the high achiever part, but based on your patterns, and we talked about patterns in the last podcast, based on your patterns of behaviour, one of those parts is going to win. So for example, I'll just give a quick example of myself and maybe a, an opposing example. For myself, I was the youngest of four siblings and the only way that I got love and attention in my family growing up was to be uh, a superstar at school and at sport. So growing up, my high achiever part was particularly predominant because that's how I perceived my self-worth in the world was by doing things. So of course, I'd wake up in the morning and I would think to myself, I cannot be a lazy person. Like I can't stay in bed. I need to go get things done. So I, I'll, I'll reject the lazy part and get up and do something and say that I wanted to be uh, more present with my kids and I wanted to have a relaxing family holiday. Robotic consciousness will actually stop you from having that because you're automatically piloted to make decisions based on the high achiever. You're just living your day out every day. Robotic consciousness means that, yeah, you're, you're making decisions without even knowing that you are based on your predominant patterns from your life. If I had have, uh, grown up in a family, just say I was in like a, in like a hippie, hippie commune and I was very greeny and uh, very much about nature and the environment and I was used to waking up in the morning, uh, going out for walks along the beach and my schoolwork wasn't a priority. Like, you know, my parents might have, you know, sent me to school and whatever, but being a high achiever wasn't a priority. I got love and attention by following the family tribal values of being green and being slower and being and just being one with nature. You can imagine that then growing up, if I woke up and I was like, oh, I just want to sit and be lazy for a while. I just want to sit in my bed and meditate, whatever it is, my consciousness then would would be tended towards being the being part or the lazy part. And the high achiever, there would be an almost a rejection of that in that instance because the greeny part is very feminine and it would have a rejection against the masculine high achieving. It just wants to be part of nature and whatnot. So you can see that based on your patterns, again, which we talked about in the first podcast, your patterns will determine your robotic consciousness. And until the observing awareness is brought in, Perry, which I'm sure you'll expand on, there's no decision and that's that's where the, the decision-making that Perry was talking about can come in and eliminate robotic consciousness. Thanks, Gab. Let's go to a quick commercial break. What's your business DNA? Take this free five-minute assessment and uncover how you are naturally wired for success. Discover which traits are moving your business forward and which ones are holding it back. Grab your free personalised assessment at www.businessdnaindicator.com. Such a perfect example. Actually, going to dig deeper into that. that those that is example. We're going to use them when we start to investigate why most people don't want to self-observe. 
So it's, it's going to work really, really well. And I love those two examples. So before we get into that, I just want to quickly share a little bit about my experiences with self-observation because we've, we've been talking about it on a fundamental level, which we have to, of course. I'm now going to just share my own experiences with my teachers in learning to self-observe. So when I first started working with my teachers, and I would have been around 18, 17, 18 at the time, I was requested by my teachers to practice daily the development of observing awareness so that every moment I was observing what was going on in my within my personality structure, within my ego structure, you know, whatever term you want to use for it. So my practice was to do that, just to do that constantly. And if you're listening, we are going to talk about, well, how do you practice developing, observing awareness. In doing that, my task was to observe and get to know every sub-personality that made up my personality or made up my ego structure, every part, which meant that as a business person, I had to self-observe and see what part was making me afraid, what parts were making me excited, what parts um, were analytical, what parts were intuitive. I had to look at my accountant part. I had to look at my entrepreneurial part. I had to get to know all these parts. In my relationships, I had to learn about what parts of me were afraid of relationship, what parts of me loved relationships. So as you can see when we start to develop observing awareness we start to develop a deep awareness of self in every aspect of life and it's only through doing that that we are actually able to break free of what Gab's just expresses our robotic conditioning without having that ability to observe and get to know every part of my personality and be ruthlessly honest about it we're going to talk about that soon ruthlessly honest about everything that I would see within my consciousness, I would have remained a robot operating just in the way that I'd been programmed from my conditioning, meaning the environment as Gab expressed before and from my genetics. So by doing this, observing all these different parts, we can now critique and look at them, see their strengths and weaknesses, see whether they're true. I had to meet the parts of me that were religious or believe certain things about God or believe certain things about other cultures. I had to meet all these parts and self-inspect. And in doing that, I was able to free myself from those things that didn't serve me. Can I add something in here, Perry? I also remember another another time just shortly after I started my own practices in, in observing awareness and I remember sitting down one day and completing these practices and these questionnaires about who I am and what I value and what I want in the world. And I remember it actually makes me emotional sitting here thinking about it because I just remember sitting there about five years ago against my back wall with my dogs thinking, God, I have got no idea who I am. I've got no idea what I value. If I walked out of my front door today, I have no idea what I want to do who I want to be friends with, what activities that I want to participate in. All I knew myself was, was as a wife and a mother. And I had this chameleon part of my personality that just shape-shifted for whoever was around me, whatever belief systems were around me. And I actually had zero sense of self. And coming into that, this work and realising that in, through observing awareness was a really confronting Thing to realize that I had absolutely zero idea who I was in starting to inspect those parts. Yeah, great example, Gab. We're going to continue this discussion on developing observing awareness 
and why most people have defense mechanisms stopping them from developing observing awareness, much to their disadvantage in the next podcast. I'd also like to invite my dear listeners to my new Inner Circle community. This is a really exciting platform for me and my coaches. It's for business owners who want to build a self-managed business. And of course, a self-managed business can run without you. So you can do more of the things that you love with the people you love. And you can sell a self-managed business for a lot more money when you decide to retire. It's also for investors and salespeople, anyone that's interested in prospering in life. And most importantly, it costs you nothing to be involved. A lot of the content in the Inner Circle community is exclusive to the community only. You won't see it on Facebook or on our websites. It allows us to uh, do live casts, do Q&A sessions where we work with you and really get into understanding what's blocking you, stopping you, and what you need to do to prosper and move. And it's just a lot of fun. Also, it's very unique. We don't know of any other organization that works to develop the strategic side of building a business, investing, etc., as well as taking such a deep, insightful look at the psychology required to develop successful outcomes as a business person, investor, or salespeople. So thank you, everybody. Uh, We love this work. We love sharing it with others. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Bye.